Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps. The cat cameos. People not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay. Hello, this is the Relunchables Podcast. I'm Jordan Holzer, proudly part of the Believe Podcast Network. In each episode, we'll be covering 90s, 2000s, film, TV, and pop culture. I am not alone. Each episode, I'll be having on special guests to help me relive my childhood. Thank you to Weedus for the intro music. Quick programming note, next week, we're going to be joined by the voice of Jimmy Neutron, Debbie Derryberry. That's right, Jimmy Neutron is voiced by a woman, for my listeners who did not already know that. It was such a pleasure talking to Debbie and seeing her process for how she goes about creating these voices for these characters. On this episode, we are doing something a little different. We are joined by Hannah White, who is the creator of the Instagram account, Do You Love the 2000s? This account has amassed over 550,000 followers, and I'm sure many of my listeners already follow Hannah's account as it touches on all things 2000s nostalgia. How many meme accounts do you follow on Instagram where, like me, you are sending their posts to friends, tagging people in the comments, or taking screenshots to text siblings or family members? I think accounts like Hannah's are so important, especially during a time like this, to bring some joy and allow us to reminisce on a shared experience we may have had as a kid. So we are going to get to know Hannah on a personal level and then share our top five summer jams of the 2000s. I'm sure my listeners can relate to those summer songs growing up where just listening to them takes you right back to a moment in time. So let's get into my interview with the creator of Do You Love the 2000s, Miss Belair herself, Hannah White. Thank you so much for doing this. No, thank you for having me. This is like the first time I've ever done any sort of podcast or anything like that. So I'm nervous, but I'm excited. (laughs) Don't worry, you're going to do great. You know, I'm glad we were able to, you know, get through your first podcast on this one. It's a big accomplishment. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm curious, where did you grow up? So, yeah, so I was born in the Dallas, Texas area. Oh, yeah. I uh, walked to Hatchie, so it's like uh, 20 minutes south of Dallas, and I lived there until I was about 10. And then I grew up in the Missoula, Montana area, so... Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, definitely not a place people are like typically like, oh, I know where that is. But we do have electricity and running cars (laughs) and all those things. So uh, 
yeah, but uh, grew up, it's a, about a town. Now it has about, you know, 80, 90,000 people. So not as small as you would think, but not huge or anything like that. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, I, I spent some time in Dallas, actually, after mm-hmm. college in kind of the uptown area, like on McKinney Avenue. I don't know how familiar you are with Dallas now. I know you just like grew up there as a kid, but yeah, I imagine that was a difficult transition to Montana. Yeah, it was it was definitely really different because I was so used to I lived in like the DFW area, um, like Carrollton, Plano. Uh, yeah. So like Metro Richardson, places like that. And so it was like a big transition being around the city and then going to Montana where there's a lot more now, but back then it was still, you know, you just had what you had and that was pretty much it kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So did you always have a sort of fascination with the nineties, two thousands growing up? Was it until recently that you kind of went back yeah. and, you know, reminisced or was this a passion of yours as a kid? I would definitely say a passion of mine as a kid, uh, was just always super into like, pop culture but also into like television film production kind of those things too like when i was younger i would always picture the cast and crew like filming a tv show or Mm -hmm. filming a movie you know so i've always kind of seen it from an artistic standpoint but obviously been a big fan of like britney spears and paris hilton and kind of those what you would consider to be it girls of the 2000s yeah (laughs) So were you a Disney person, Nickelodeon? Were you following MTV or were you just watching everything? Everything, I have to say. I like Cartoon Network even, you know, uh, yeah. Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, though, probably the most out of them all. I really just like the That's So Raven, Lizzie McGuire, yeah. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody era, I feel like it's just so amazing for so many reasons. But I feel like everybody says that about the generation <laughs> they grew up in too, so... I really think we had the best generation, though. I really I do. do. I really right? do, too. But, you know, some would probably like to, to argue that a little bit. And I look at kids today, I'm like, what do they have to watch? Like, it's nothing compared to it's, what we have. They just have TikTok and YouTube, I guess. I don't know. I know. and But they are good at TikTok, I will say. Yes. That's something that is not going to ever be anything I'm great at. But they are good at it. So when did the idea come to you like, okay, I want to start an Instagram page kind of capturing all this nostalgia? Yeah. So, um, about two years ago, I was, um, with some friends and some family and we were like, why don't we binge watch the simple life? Like it's been (laughs) so long since we've seen it and we all grew up kind of watching it and loved it. And so bought all the seasons on iTunes and watched every single one within the span of days. And I just was like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie are hilarious for one. They, were just kind of these staples for reality TV. I know that there was like the real world and some other TV shows before that. But for me, that was kind of just what stuck out to me. And so after I had watched all of that, I kind of just started thinking about the decade as a whole and like reminiscing on some of my memories that I had as a kid. And I was like, wow, it'd be pretty cool to, you know, create maybe just a place where all of these things are celebrated. Because I just, I think things back then were so more you know, unique, um, you know, people didn't have stylists, uh, people were just, I feel like more themselves had the opportunity to be themselves more. And so uh, that's what I like about the 2000s. Obviously, there were some really, you know, questionable headlines and trends that went on that weren't what you would consider to be healthy for people like, you know, the whole, you know, everyone's skinny and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I try to not make it about that. And, kind of bring out the good that was in the decade, the funky fashion, you know, the funny yeah. memories from television and film that we all love, just stuff like that. So. And did you ever imagine you would eclipse 500,000 followers? Like what was the goal when you set out to start no. it? 
Well, I honestly like was so scared to like do it in a sense <laughs> that I didn't tell anybody in my personal life about it because I was like, I don't know if this is anything that's even going to make sense to anybody I know, because just starting off, you know, it's just like this thing, you know yeah. what I mean? And it can be hard to explain it. So I told myself, I'm going to do this for myself. It'll be like a creative space where, you know, at first nobody will know who I am. And so, you know, I can, you know, post what I want and not feel like I'm being judged in a sense. And if it picks up, that's awesome. You know, then maybe I'll put myself with it. If it doesn't, I'll just have it as like a creative space where I can express myself and that's fine too. And it just ended up taking off. I remember Paris Hilton followed it like the second or third day I had it. And it was just like the most crazy but motivating thing to me because I was like, hey, maybe if she, you know, she finds this interesting, maybe other people will too. So that was yeah. kind of what pushed me to stick with it and see it through. You probably could have just ended it right there and you would have been perfectly fine, right? Yeah, just getting, no, just exactly. getting her to follow it. <laughs> yeah, it was like the craziest thing ever. I was, how'd she even find it? But I guess it was just meant to be, so. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so curious. You know, when you first started out, what would, what would you attribute to your success? Were you just doing a lot of hashtags? How did it just really just gravitate and build steam? And was it getting picked up by media outlets and right. that kind of drove traction? What do you attribute it to? Well, I would say, you know, first of all, like consistency, you have to have the drive to want to, you know, put the work in to make people stay interested in it, to make people want to keep coming back to the account. And when you first start off, that's posting so much more than you would probably want to, you know, three, four times a day, definitely hashtagging. Um, I would say like when Paris followed, she would comment on my post, like my post. And so I feel like in, that in a sense drove people to it for obvious reasons. And then um, I also uh, started getting shout outs from, from like Perez Hilton. He brought quite a bit of attention to my account when it first started. And I gained quite a bit of followers off of that. And just from there, it just, I don't know, it's always had its own life and energy to it. It's always just grown on its own. And I, I always try to think of, the reasons why, but at the end of the day, I'm just like, I don't even know. I think it was just meant to be. Yeah, no, it's really incredible what you've built. And I think a lot of people just see these Instagram accounts with, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of followers, and they don't really know the person behind the account. They don't know the person right. that's curating the content for their followers. Right. And this kind of gets into, you know, when you first started out, I imagine you're looking for memes, you're looking for content, and now you must get bombarded by DMs of people sending you things. So what is your yeah. day like on a daily basis going through what people are sending you and coming mm -hmm. up with captions? Right. So, I mean, it, I definitely appreciate that people send me in things because it just makes my job so much easier because the more time comes on, goes on and the more I post, it's like trying to find new things every single day. You can't repeat things or anything like that. So, um, I love when people send me in pictures. I love turning people into memes and including people in the account. That's always been something I've wanted to do. I think that it makes people feel like they're a part of it, you know, and that uh, they have, you know, they play a part in how well it does too, of course. And um, everyone is always waiting, you know, to see if they get put on the account. I would say, you know, every morning I go through my DMs. I've been trying to get better at it because you have to stay organized or I'll see something and then never see it again. So I try to um, take a screenshot, you know, of like who sent me the picture. So if I do use it, I always tag and give credit for who was, uh, whoever sent it in. And then um, 
I don't know, really, besides that, it's just, I try to think of, you know, maybe a memory from when I was younger, a TV show moment, a toy, or something that I just like growing up that resonates with me. And people just find it relatable. And I yeah. guess as far as the captions go, typically I just put the first thing that comes to my head. And some, it's crazy to me that people are even like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I'm <laughs> like, I guess so. But it's like just the first thing that came to my head. So... <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I imagine you're just like sitting there just with your phone and, you know, whatever comes to your head, you just put it in and it kind of has a life of its own after that. And people yeah, just exactly. take it on and have a, give it a new meaning. Yeah, I've learned that the more, like the harder I try, the more I think about it, it always seems to go better when I just do it and don't put much thought into it. So that's one thing I really try to do is just not to overthink anything. No, I think that's smart to make it the most natural as possible. Is yeah. it tough where you're not trying to copy what other similar accounts are posting? How do you make sure that it's just not getting filtered through? Because sometimes you see the same image come across right. all the same types of feeds. Right. And I feel like eventually that's inevitable. I mean, we all look for, as far as pictures of celebrities go, we all yeah. look for pictures in the same places. And you're probably, you might post a picture an account posted two months ago, three months ago, and you don't even know about it. And that's kind of one reason why I wanted to start making the memes and having people send in pictures. I wanted a more original way to kind of set me aside from everybody else and add kind of an authenticity and uniqueness to what I was trying to do. And then with me being um, interested in television and film production, I, uh, you know, that's kind of a way to prove I can tell a story. I know how to write. I can engage an audience, all those kinds of things. So that's, uh, I feel like that's played a really big part in making my account so big is keeping the people involved and trying to make the original content as much as possible. But it, you know, it's hard. Some days I could wake up and I think of three or four memes in one day. <laughs> and then some days I sit there and I can't think of anything at all. So yeah, it really is a creative process. Running these accounts yeah. is a completely creative endeavor. It really is. And I admire you for doing that. Your, Thank you. Your Instagram page is just so specific when I look at it. It's it kind of incredible because it, it really puts you in a certain place in time. And it seems like Britney Spears, Paris Hilton are kind of like your spirit animals in a sense. <laughs> yeah. I know you touched on Paris Hilton a little bit, but what mm -hmm. gave you such fascination with Britney Spears growing up? Oh my gosh, everything. I think Britney, I, she gets... I knew nowadays she doesn't get as much credit. I feel like, you know, obviously time passes. Kids don't know who she is as much, yeah. but she was that first really like the pop blueprint that all those female artists follow now, you know, whether it be Dua Lipa, Ariana Grande, et cetera, you know, they all flow off of, you know, what she did. And I think she's just so talented, uh, great dancer. I mean, the production values just oh, there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to beat what Britney Spears was as just an entity back then. She had it all. She really did. Oh, yeah. The movies, yeah. the music videos, kind yeah. of she did everything. And on this podcast, we talk a lot to, you know, former actors and child stars. And, you know, it's, it's tough navigating the business at that age. And I know HBO just put out a documentary, Showbiz Kids, which kind of gets into this. Mm -hmm. And until you're in that position, you really can't see what you would be like. And it seems absolutely like more not. often than not, you fail. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that people are so quick to, you know, judge how they would act in a situation. But when you never experience that kind of pressure, you just don't even know what you would do or how you would react yeah. to the way people treat you or the things they say about you. And when you're working, people look at those things and they don't really see it as work. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> yeah. because everyone makes it look so easy because they are so talented and so good at it. And so 
I, I'm sure it's hard working and people taking that for granted and not realizing how much you're putting into those things. A hundred percent. So I'm yeah. curious, where do you see the page growing? You know, do you, do you want to hit, is it a million followers, 2 million followers? Are you, do you want to get advertising? You know, what do you, what kind of goals do you have set for the page? Right. So gosh, it's so hard because every time I think about it, it's one of those things where it's like my platform and I can do whatever I want with it, which becomes super overwhelming to me because then I start thinking of like a million different ideas. So I think right now my main focus is obviously to continue the growth. As far as an end result in numbers, I don't even know just as successful as it can be, honestly. And then um, I am working on putting together a merch line and it's oh. been coming together, but taking time. And then we had Corona and so we had some setbacks on that. So I'm hoping that here soon <laughs> it will all be put together. And I'm really excited to just put something out there because uh, it is a lot of hard work uh, curating the content and it'll be fun to kind of put focus and energy into a different avenue that can come from it. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. people just think just, you know, find a funny picture, you just post it and that's it for the day. Like they don't think they see the behind the scenes of how much goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so either. And like even some of my friends at first, you know, they're like, oh, well, it's just this and it's just that. And then like the more they think about it, they're like, oh, like that could actually keep you pretty busy. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it keeps, uh, it keeps me a little busy, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's the same with this podcast. People are like, oh, you just turn on the microphone, you talk and you release right. it. And it's like, Okay, there's a lot uh, that goes into Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's a little bit harder than that, but uh, I'm so curious. I, I guess on MTV, what was your favorite show that they were ha you know, that they had on? Because like for me, it's tough, right? You have like Next, you know, Date My Mom, you know, Room Raiders. I was even watching like the Brett Michaels and yeah, you know, yeah, Flav, you know, those shows and the Challenge and Road Rules. I think I was definitely more of like my super sweet, sweet 16 kind of girl. Um, yeah. Like MTV Cribs. I yes. love Paris Hilton's My New BFF. I would watch that every week and I was only in like fifth grade. It was one of my favorite shows. I watched Tila Tequila shot at love. Is that yep. MTV? Yeah. Yep. I watched Tila Tequila. So I was <laughs> definitely a big reality TV fan growing up, but yeah, I would definitely, and of course, uh, real world stuff like that. Pretty much everything. I was a big TV fanatic growing up. I watched a lot. And I think we're seeing now during this coronavirus, so many people are trying to go back in time, right? And relive those 90s, 2000s. You're seeing all this content pop up, all these reunions of all these prior shows. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think about that time that really just stays in our hearts as millennials and why people continuously want to go back and relive those days? I just think that we all, and even myself, genuinely believe that we lived like the best <laughs> era. You know what I mean? And so there's just a feeling that comes with nostalgia. It's hard to ex explain, but when you see something that you haven't seen in a while, a picture of it, there's this feeling that resonates with you. And I think it's just like, no matter how stressed you are or how bad you're feeling, it's kind of that feeling that can make you feel a little bit better. And so I feel like people kind of go back to those things because it reminds them of how they felt maybe when things were a little bit easier for them or when life was just a little bit more simple. No, I think that you hit the nail on the head. And I think a lot of people, you know, even shows and, and movies that resonate with me now, they won't have the same place as, you know, Rocket Power or some of these shows from back then that, you know, whenever right. I see come on, it's just like, it brings me right back to when I was a kid watching it. And we, we talk a lot about Disney Channel original movies right. on this podcast. And I don't know if you were a fan of Disney Channel original movies as a kid, but oh, yeah. they were everything. And even oh, rewatching yeah. them now, it's amazing how some of them haven't held up and some have and you know, as I'm just curious, what were some of your favorites? Were you the Cadet Kelly? 
you know, oh, kind I of loved Xenon. Them all. Oh, Smart House, Xenon, Cadet Kelly, um, obviously High School Musical. Like, who did not love High School Musical? I was in like late elementary school when that came out. So everybody was just so into it. I don't think I'll ever forget it. Um, Camp Rock. Um, gosh, there is so many johnny tsunami um oh my gosh i can't even i can't even remember them all but i love them all i loved the disney channel movie theme song and the intro and all of that oh yeah that's how we uh that's our intro to all of our podcasts that we bring on these guests we had brandon baker on from johnny tsunami we've had like all the actors come on so it's been a really fun thing to kind of relive it and talk to them it's kind of it's a weird situation, right? Because they're only like a few years older, but for some reason they seem like so much older when they, you know, when you're from, you know, whatever nine to fourteen, right? That gap seems so big, and now it doesn't. <laughs> no, I remember like when Hannah Montana first aired, how old, you know, I thought Miley Cyrus was, and I think she was only twelve or thirteen. So <laughs> yeah. you just, I think when you're younger, you you look, kind of look up to them, I guess, in a sense. So automatically in your mind, they're older. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into, you know, this week, I usually do like a top five, you know, we usually do like a question, but with you, I really wanted to do a top five list. And I, I think I proposed to you doing a top five summer songs of the yes. 2000s. And, and I, spent I have them. so long last night. Honestly, I prepare for this podcast, but I probably spent from like 7 p.m. to like 2 a.m. last night, just going down a rabbit hole of old music. It was impossible to put together a five song list. Yeah, I definitely do not have like five as far as them ordered as my favorite, but I have yes. five that I like a whole bunch. So, so before we get into that, I want to do a quick this or that with you. And I'm going to give okay. you two things from the 2000s and you tell me which one you prefer. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> Would you prefer inflatable furniture or see-through electronics? Ooh, inflatable furniture. When I <laughs> get old and have a huge house, I'm going to have an entire room dedicated just to inflatable furniture. I think we all had that inflatable furniture, just that chair, right? There's that like side chair oh, with yeah. a little ottoman. <laughs> it was just yeah, like, I, I want the, everyone had the it. chair, the couch, the trash can. I want it all to be inflatable. Okay, next one. Uh, Game Boy Color or iPod Nano? Oh, Game Boy Color. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I loved my iPod Nano and I still have it. I still have my hot pink iPod Nano. It's one of my most prized treasures, definitely. But Game Boy Color, I just have to go with that one. Did you have a favorite Game Boy game as a kid? I loved Kirby. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I was a big, and Mary-Kate and Ashley games. <laughs> uh, next one, uh, Hilary Duff or Amanda Bynes? <sighs> this one's a hard. One. Okay. A tough one. I love both of them, and I love all of their movies. Okay, I'm going to do it this way. If I had to pick movies, minus the Lizzie McGuire movie, just movies in general, I'd go with Amanda Bynes. But overall, I'm going to have to pick Hillary Duff because I had her bedroom bed set growing up from Target and everything. So I think that one just takes the cake. I know. It's so sad to see what has happened to Amanda Bynes. Like, it really know. is. You know, I hope it she really gets her is. life back on track. And uh, I feel like we just, just lost out on a whole career. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, next one, Blockbuster or LimeWire? Blockbuster. I was a big LimeWire user, but I miss just being able to go to the video store and just the visuals that came with it. You don't get that anymore with Netflix or something like that. There was just something about the going to the store and actually picking out your movie. And, exactly. You know, when you got home and you realized in the box it wasn't the right movie or it wasn't rewind. And it was yeah. like a whole thing. I don't know. There's so so memories of picking out like the popcorn that actually came in like the popcorn thing with the popcorn. The right overpriced candy that was just <laughs> yeah. so, so good. Yes. 
<laughs> so I don't know if you're a pet person, but this one kind of talks about pets. Okay. Neopets or Tamagotchi? Oh, Tamagotchi. <laughs> I nurtured my Tamagotchi. I used to sneak it into my desk at school because I was so scared that it would die while I was gone. And all of my friends did it to the point where we were told we couldn't take them out during class, only at recess. So we were all big Tamagotchi fans. Okay, last one here. Uh, Livestrong bracelets or a mood ring? Mood ring. Yeah. Yeah, I went through the like the tacky rubber bracelets to the point where they're in some of my school pictures and just look <laughs> terrible. But I love mood rings. I still wear one, so I got to pick that. And the other thing, this reminds me of something. The one thing I love about your account is you post pictures of yourself, right? From like sixth before. grade, seventh grade. I really do love that. Thank you. Um. I try to like, obviously I could just like throw myself out there whenever I wanted, if I really want to, but I try to make it relevant just to the subject. You know what I mean? And so, and that was kind of where I was like, well, I'm posting these pictures of myself when I'm little. I'm sure there's a million other people out there who have really good pictures of them when they were little. So that was kind of where that stemmed from of wanting to do that. Yeah. Are you like combing through old photo albums? How are you getting those pictures? Um, like when I go up to my parents' house, um, my mom pretty much kept everything from my childhood. I have the most obnoxious cedar chest of things from (laughs) when I grew up. It's huge, but, uh, she has a lot of pictures. So every now and then I'll go through and snap some ones that I like and just set them aside for whenever. Typically it's, I only post myself when I hit a milestone, if I've gained like a hundred thousand followers or something like that to thank everyone. So. Gotcha. So moving on to our top five list. And like I said, like we discussed, this was a tough list to put together. I try to make it like they were released during the summer, but it's tough. Some songs are released in like December, but they don't end up hitting the charts until Exactly. I was super confused looking too. So I was like, I think I'll just pick these. Yeah, it was really difficult. And again, like, I don't know if these are my five favorite. I kind of just try to pick the songs that kind of take me back to a moment in time. And I think all my songs are from like the 2000 to 2003 range. Okay. I want to start, you know, with our number five song. So I want to start with your number five song on your list. Okay. So my number five song on my list is Promiscuous. Oh, great choice. You know, I just feel (laughs) like everyone felt so cool while they were singing that song. You really thought you were doing something. And it just, it, it, like you said, it brings me back to a certain place in time. For me, it brings me back to middle school dances. So that's one of the reasons (laughs) why I like it so much. Uh, my number five was uh, Fat Lip by Sum 41. Oh, okay. And this is another one. I have a very eclectic list looking at this. Uh, this was also released. It was released in 2001. It just kind of has like a, a mosh pit type of vibe to it. Yeah. I think it was on Guitar Hero as well. And I loved playing Guitar Hero as a kid. And this was always the song that I would like jam out to. Yeah. And I was even looking it up. Apparently, they performed this live on SNL when Sean William Scott, who played Stifler in American Pie, was oh, hosting. So I'm like, that really brought me back to the 2000s to be of like American Pie, some 41. Uh, yes. So it was, uh, it, was so, it was so tough to sift through these songs and you know, pick a list. But what was yeah. your number four song? Okay, so my number four song is Hollaback Girl. Oh, great choice. Gwen Stefani's album, Love Angel Music Baby, was just everything. And I'm pretty sure that you, everyone learned how to spell bananas right using that song. <laughs> and I know that's a running joke that's been said a million times, but it does have truth behind it. So. And her music videos were kind of legendary too. Like the music that, videos were sometimes better than the song itself. <laughs> yeah, the Harajuku girl face she went through was just, she did it well, I thought. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. Uh, my number four song was Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus. And okay. again, this is another kind of a strange choice. I'm sure my listeners are like, why are you choosing these kind of weird alternative songs? But again, <laughs> That's who it's you are. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Got to be proud. Um, for me, there was this movie called Loser that was released the same summer. It was with Jason Biggs, the main guy from American Pie for my listeners who don't know. And again, this song was featured very heavily in that movie. It kind of brought me back to those you know, elementary school, middle school days. Mm-hmm. It's just really, I don't know, I even saw something on Reddit the other day that the guy's no longer a teenager. He's like in his you know, late 40s. And you know, hopefully we get him on the podcast because I'd love to talk to him. Uh, okay, moving on. What's your number three summer jam okay. of the 2000s? Hold on, Hannah. Give me a minute to tell my listeners about Simply Safe Home Security. Real estate prices are insane in LA. I don't know if I'll ever own a home, but if I did, I would use Simply Safe Home Security. It was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24/7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplysafe.com/team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com/team. It feels good to fear less. And now, back to the show. Umbrella Rihanna. And so this one for me is like, I was a big Rihanna fan growing up. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I like, you know, Ponder Replay and SOS. But for me, Umbrella was like that song where I was just like, I love Rihanna forever. I saw her in concert in 2015, which I'm glad because she hardly sings anymore. And when (laughs) Umbrella came on stage, I was just like, sent into another dimension i swear it was so good that's one of the best songs ever it really is it's just incredible song another incredible music video it kind of brings you right back in time honestly han i'm really liking your list more than mine at this point you're you're really (laughs) picking you're picking the great ones uh my number three and this is this is another weird one it's a follow me by uncle cracker Oh, okay. Uh, I know that one. I know that one. (laughs) and this was uh released february 20th 2001 it topped the charts that summer and mm-hmm. I was just a huge Uncle Cracker fan. I don't know why. It was just uh, just easy music to listen to. That and Drift Away were two songs I just had on repeat all the time. Um, I don't know what Uncle Cracker ended up doing. He didn't really have a long career. It seemed like he had like two or three years there in the early 2000s. Yeah. And that was kind of it. Yeah. I feel reason, like he did song one back. song in the later 2000s, and, but it was like a collaboration with someone. And I can't quite remember maybe it was like i don't know do not quote me on this even though people are going to hear me it might have been michael buble but i'm not sure <laughs> yeah people are probably screaming like the right song the right answer yeah right now, but, i definitely yeah. don't know it but <laughs> it's there uh what was your number two song of the 2000s? okay so i had a really hard time with number two and number one so these are definitely close calls uh hips don't lie shakira just like in general who doesn't know that song i feel like everybody knows that song and everybody tries to sing like shakira when they listen to it too <laughs> yeah and even we saw her at the super bowl this past year you know singing she, was she looks amazing oh she was i thought she was just the like highlight of the entire super bowl she gave it it was amazing oh yeah uh my number two I think a great choice. A Thousand Miles, Vanessa Carlton. Oh, that is a you know? great choice. <laughs> yes, I love that song. And seeing the music video, it's kind of her playing her piano in her garage, and it just kind of takes her through town while yes. she's playing the piano. And this song has special memories for me because it came out in February 2002, hit the charts that summer. But two years later, it was featured in the, the Wayne's Brothers movie, White Chicks. I don't know if you've seen White Chicks. Oh, there's I've a seen very it. famous scene where Terry Crews is in the car and he's lip syncing to A Thousand Miles, an amazing scene. So it kind of brought me back to two summers as a kid. So I had to put this at my top two. Uh, finally, oh, yeah. 
What was your number one summer jam of the 2000s? Okay, so it's an old one, but I feel like older 2000s. It came out in 2009, but I feel like it was just one of those songs where it was totally set for the summer. I got a feeling, yes. Black Eyed Peas. Incredible song. It was, yeah, the song of the summer. Everybody loved it so much. I felt like it was what everybody sang and played before they went out with their friends or were doing whatever. And for me, it reminds me of just being in middle school and going to the mall with my friends and all those kinds of things. So that was definitely my number one. That was so close to being put on my list. And it's amazing that we did, you know, five songs each and we're going to have no overlap, no overlap at all. I know. That's good, <laughs> yes, though. That's yes. Good. Everyone's different. Everyone has their own choices. My number one, definitely not my favorite song, but it brought me back to just a moment in time. And that's Hot in Here by Nelly. And this was, an, that's and a good for one. me, I was going into fifth grade. I'm going to give you a long story here. Indulge me on this one for a minute. Uh, okay. <laughs> I went to, I got so I'm a young Jewish kid growing up in South Florida. And I went to uh -huh. sleepaway camp for the first time in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Shout out Camp Pinewood. And this was the song of the summer. And for me, it was all these young Jewish kids having dances every Friday <laughs> night, singing hot in here. You know, I'm getting sweaty, taking off all my clothes, literally like these fifth and sixth graders dancing to this song, like going through, going crazy. It must have been such a sight to see. But for me, it really took me back to that moment in time. Uh, do you have any memories with this song? <laughs> oh, yeah. I just like any song like that reminds me of just middle school dances. We when I was in like sixth and seventh grade, we were so into middle school dances. We would go to the YMCA on the weekends where they threw community dances. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but oh, yeah, especially I remember when I was in sixth grade, Gimme More, it just came out and like everyone ran onto the dance floor because it was like Britney's first song in forever. So any music like that for me just resonates with just middle school. Oh, yeah. It's the first thing I think about. And just listing a couple other artists, you know, Good Charlotte, Bowling for Soup. You know, there were so many Fountains of Wayne, All-American Rejects, Green Day. Oh, yeah. I was a huge Eminem fan, like most young boys, young white boys were at the time. They were? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I really wanted to put an Eminem song on there. Outcast. I was so close to Miss Jackson on here. Avril Lavigne. I could have listed like 20 yeah. different songs that I liked just because it's one of those eras of music where you grew up in it. So, you know, most of the lyrics to every single song that comes on. I was replaying it yesterday with my girlfriend and I was literally singing along to every single song. Like I knew the words for heart and I haven't even listened to these songs in maybe 10, 15 years, some of them. And my girlfriend's like, how do you know this? Like, how, it's just something that's just ingrained at a young age when you listen to these music, you know? I wish it was as easy to remember things as <laughs> it, is, it is song lyrics. I know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it's just naturally we love it so much that it just goes into our brain and we don't even know it. Yeah, that was like why Schoolhouse Rock was so successful, right? Because those type of songs that were educational kind of stuck in our head. Yeah, exactly. Super <laughs> educational. <laughs> well, Hannah, thank you so much for joining the Relunchables podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope my listeners got a sense a little bit more. I know a lot of them probably follow your account, but they got to see behind the curtain a little bit and get to know you as a person. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Like I said, this is the first podcast I've done. So it's really fun to kind of, you know, put a story with the account and what all goes into it. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I would like to thank my guest, Hannah White, for coming on the podcast. You can follow her account, Do You Love the 2000s, on Instagram and TikTok. You can subscribe to the Relunchables podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a rating or review, five stars only. Next week, We'll be joined by the voice of Jimmy Neutron, Debbie Derryberry. So stay tuned for that. Until next time.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps. The cat cameos. People not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay.